Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Where there's a will, there's a way. Mr. L entered my clinic as a successful pianist who had played with some of the most accomplished professional musicians in the area. He'd been playing since he had been a child. He said to me, I can't remember not playing on our first interview. His talent was clear from such an early age, and he played for hours, both enjoying it and, as he noted, always getting compliments. He'd attended a prestigious music school in Boston and had launched into a career both in performance as well as in the studio, the latter, which he noted, was a necessary evil to pay the bills. His wife, also a musician, was also an accomplished studio player, but eschewed playing in front of any audience. Both were certainly charming and well-versed in the music community. All of this was relayed after asking Mr. L why he'd come into my clinic. As some on this podcast know, I used to have a musician clinic, which we evaluated patients who might have a particular disorder related to the playing of an instrument of one sort or another. Mr. L had noted over the past several months that he was having more difficulty with certain pieces that, if not easy, at least not that difficult for him in the past, it was as if he couldn't move as smoothly over the keys as he'd been able to do in the past. He actually was not the first to note it. It was his wife who, when listening to Mr. L practice, noted an unusual hesitation in one of the usual warm-up pieces which caused her to stop what she was doing. When listening further, the piece didn't sound as if her husband was playing it. Afterward, she mentioned it to Mr. L, and he dismissed it as having a bad day. However, he began to note a change as well over the next few weeks, and over a couple of months, he also found that his fingers and his right hand were almost involuntarily flexing at time without his control. He'd stop, stretch out his fingers, and everything would be apparently okay. This worked for a bit, but at one point, even after stopping and his fingers relaxing, as soon as he started playing again, his fingers would contract along with his wrist. This was quite alarming, and as a result, they sought additional help. It was then that Mr. and Mrs. L decided to schedule an appointment with us at the Musician Clinic. When asked, Mr. L noted that there was no one in his family who had issues like this, and that in somewhat bizarre fashion, as he described it, he had noted nothing else that had caused this involuntary muscle movement. An avid tennis player, Mr. L had evaluated himself specifically during his ground strokes and serve and hadn't noted any issue whatsoever. He denied any issues with writing or using the right hand in any other fashion, despite the fact that he was right hand dominant. It was perplexing to him, as he noted, that this was occurring only with what he considered to be his vocation. He also noted there was no changes with regards to the feeling in his hand and that he had absolutely no weakness that he could tell. After doing a physical exam, which was normal, we put Mr. L in front of a portable keyboard to evaluate his right hand. As the patient put his hands up to the keyboard to play, his right wrist began to flex, and his fingers became, over several seconds, a claw-like appendage, with fingers tucked into his palm, covered by his thumb. I asked the patient to stop and throw him a pen, which he caught with his left hand. He took it with his right, and I asked him just to hold it, as if he was going to write. He did this with no problem. Overall, the entire keyboard exam took about 30 seconds. It was diagnostic for dystonia, here as a result of it being associated with a musician and his instrument, 
something called a musician dystonia. These musician dystonias are uncommon but not rare. Statistics taken from the support group suggest that up to 2% of musicians can suffer from this malady. Like Mr. L, it typically only occurs when playing the instrument in which the patient is expert and doesn't affect any other aspect of their lives. It is similar to the dystonia called writer's cramp, which is a dystonia of writing that can be disabling. Usually, this affects smaller and finer muscles, not large ones, particularly in something where much training has gone into the activity. It is considered a disorder of the pathways of the brain rather than muscle. When confronted with this, Mr. and Mrs. L obviously asked about therapeutic options. We spoke about certain types of medications called anticholinergics, which have been effective in dystonias, as well as something called botulinum toxin, which I've spoken about before, which could relax some of the muscles that were being contracted. Mr. L opted for the pills since he noted that he didn't like needles. After a couple of months, though, the patient noted that the pills were making him feel like a zombie. So we started him on the injections, which actually seemed to work fairly well. The patient's wife noted that while not perfect, Mr. L still could perform well enough, at least to the point of where he was in his career. He continued on this treatment at least until I left the practice. However, subsequently, when speaking with one of my former colleagues who had taken over his care about Mr. L, he noted something quite interesting. Mr. L was still doing the botulinum toxin injections. However, he'd begun an alternative strategy in the studio. He'd begun to play each piece with one hand. That is to say, he'd record with the left hand of a specific piece. Then separately, he'd perform with the right hand okay, of that piece, but using his left hand. Playing two parts of a performance with one hand, each separately, and then bringing it back together was incredibly creative. Initially, I couldn't fathom that this was possible. But after thinking about it, it made sense. For most pieces, this should be at least reasonable. And I was impressed by Mr. L that he thought of it to mix the pieces up later on. He had to be an expert musician to be able to not only play, but time things perfectly as a result. So while we had come up with a partial solution to Mr. L's musician dystonia, he'd actually come up with a much more creative one after all. Where there's a will, there's a way. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.